Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. I'm your host, Bill Krieger, and it's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy. My guest today is Guy Packard. He is the Vice President of Electric Operations at Consumers Energy. So, Guy, if you'll introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Well, thank you, Bill. That's so, uh, so happy to be here. I really appreciate uh, reaching out to me and, and uh, allowing me to come on uh, your program because I think it's a, it's a great program. And I've listened to a number of your episodes and, and I just find them to be so very beneficial. So, uh, yeah, with me, uh, you know, yeah, I'm the VP of Electric Operations. But, you know, I would say that my journey really started, uh, you know, in operations, you know, almost, you know, 35 plus years ago, 1980. You know, uh, as a young, uh, you know, person going into college, I joined the Naval uh, Reserves and, uh, you know, focused in on the Marine Corps side of the Naval Reserves and spent about five years, you know, with the Navy while I went through and got my uh, college degree. And, and my first job out uh, after I got out was in uh, 1985, and that was at the Palisades Nuclear Plant. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I would say, you know, with uh, Palisades Nuclear Plant being the first job, there was so much going on in that uh, arena with regard to uh, you know equipment issues, personnel issues. I mean, it really was a great testing ground uh, from the standpoint of uh, on a lot of the principles that we talk about with regard to, to leadership. But anyway, so you know, started out as an engineer there, but then I realized that you know for me and where my heart was at, you know, really was in the operations. And so I went in and got my senior reactor reactor operator license, you know, at at Palisades, uh, and then became the operations manager there. Uh, for uh, for a period of time, and then uh, when consumers uh, basically you know divested the the operating license you know from consumers and provided that to a nuclear management company, I stayed with nuclear management company. And in 2004, I had the opportunity to go over to uh, a plant that's uh, over in Green Bay, uh, just outside of Green Bay, and a Point Beach a nuclear generating station, a dual nuclear unit plant. Uh, and uh, moved over there with my family in 2004. Um, and so you talk about personal well-being stress, we can talk about that, but very stressful. Uh, mm-hmm. But we moved over there and uh, shortly thereafter, I became the site general manager at the uh, Point Beach you know, Nuclear Generating Station. Uh, and that was owned by uh, We Energies. And so uh, spent uh, t- some a few years with them. And then 2008, I came back to consumers uh, after you know the the experiment of having an independent power producing subsidiary wasn't going to pan out for consumers, and so in 2008 I came back and I became the site general manager uh, over at the Campbell Complex, and oh, great experience uh, working there, and uh, and then in uh, really uh, second half of 2010 uh, came over uh, to Carn uh, Woodock and uh, became the site general manager at Carn Woodock. Uh, until uh, November, uh, you know, 2013, and at that point, then I became vice president for uh, generation operations in 2014, 2013 timeframe there, and then uh, did about two years there, and then in really uh, January 2016, I made the switch and came over uh, to electric operations. So my whole life and experience has all been on around operations, and I think it has helped me. Uh, become the person that I am, uh, but I also have had many learnings, you know, from that experience. Well, and I think that's where you and I first met was at Carn Wedock. I was working on a, a project over there uh, with your folks. That's right. Uh, that's you right. Came in and, you came in and uh, gave us a, a pep talk on the on the work we were doing, uh, and I and I never forgot it either. Uh, it yeah. It's a good good discussion. That's right. That was when that's when I first met you, and and you came over, and I think we had to do something with some of the financial reporting early on, and 
that was when the the productivity improvement group that was that was just formed, and that's now the current lean office. So yeah, I mean a lot of uh, a lot of uh, background that you and I have for for many years. You know, a, a good journey there. Um, I want to step back for a minute though. I heard you mention something about Green Bay. And I've got to ask, Packers fan, right? Oh man, diehard Packers fan. So, so just a little story <laughs> about that. So, uh, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I've got two children, uh, a thirty-year uh, son who's going to turn thirty here uh, in another week, and then I got a daughter who's twenty-eight. And uh, when uh, growing up in Chicago on the North Side, you know, my father had an opportunity. Um, because he was involved with sales and uh, an individual up in Milwaukee uh, basically was uh, retiring and selling his business. And he asked my father if he wanted two tickets, uh, season tickets to Green Bay Packers. Now, anybody that knows Green Bay Packers knows that, you know, it, 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 if you want season tickets, it's like a waiting list of almost like 10, 15 years. I mean, you, you, you start when you, you know, when you want them and, and you, you might get them, but you're more likely your children's generation might get the season tickets. So anyway, my dad had that opportunity. Well, when we lived in Green Bay, my parents would come up and uh, they would stay with us and they would go to the game and uh, it was because it was two tickets. And so, you know, as a family, we became diehard Green Bay Packer fans. And then living in Green Bay, we had the opportunity to go to many games. But then, uh, you know, this is about uh, 2017 time frame. You know, my parents decided that, you know, they'd had enough. And so uh, as a Christmas gift, they gave uh, me the two tickets uh, to Green Bay. So I am a season ticket holder now, the Green Bay Packers, and go back to for three games a year, which is just it, it's perfect. So yeah, I die hard. Go yeah, back. Well, and, and, and Lambeau Field is a very unique place to watch and to play football. I remember as a kid watching those horrific winter games where football <laughs> was really played. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a fan of watching football. My heart's kind of with the Lions, even though, well, we know about the Lions. We won't get into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I have to think, looking back on your career and what you talked about, you know, first of all, Semper Fi, my dad and stepbrother were both Marines, and uh, Marines even when they weren't in the Marine Corps anymore. So uh, I have a lot of respect for that. But I have to think that all of that uh, learning that you had in the Marine Corps and then in, in operations with a nuclear power plant, and so on really have given you a great background in overall operations. But I also have to think that, that that's a pretty stressful career path. You know, I spent a good deal of my 27 years here in operations and, and I get that. So when we think about that in our professional well-being and our overall personal well-being, you know, what do you, you know, how does, what is, what do you think the meaning of personal well-being is for you uh, now looking back on all the work that you've done? Yeah, great, great question, uh, and and I'm really glad that we, you know as a, as a company we're really are exploring uh, this you know because you and you obviously being in the military uh, can kind of remember you know personal well being was really summed up uh, in terms of a couple words was fit for duty right are you fit for duty and and back then you know and it still is used today you know when you're fit for duty you know it has a connotation that you're both mentally spiritually you know and physically you are ready you know and, and, and able to perform you know your duties uh, what i like about what we've done is in terms of the personal well-being is really taking those you know that kind of that philosophy and and, and taking that you know to more specific around you know uh being physical, you know, financial, mentally and socially and professionally fit, which I think is awesome because I think there's elements in each of those 
that can kind of be a kind of a you know stress inducer and if you don't address that you know it can have a spiraling effect on, on some of the other you know pillars so for me you know it's it's always this balance of when i say fit for duty is knowing that as part of my job, you know, in terms of whatever that was, was that, you know, I had to show up and be the best that I could be so that I could perform a task. And I think it was unique for me being in the nuclear industry because in the nuclear industry, there's really no tolerance for errors. And, you know, rightly so. I mean, you know, as, an, as a licensed operator, you know, you were expected to basically, you know, be proficient in terms of being able to, you know, uh, operate that plant and as well as deal with any casualty that might come along. And, and because of that, you know, there is no room for not being fit, you know, for, for duty. And so, you know, it was how do you get in tune with your emotional uh, and, uh, you know, if you want to call it emotional intelligence and your emotions, you know, your physical well-being. How, how do you stay in tune such that you do not allow one of those pillars uh, to become a driver that brings stress? Because, you know, here's the research, right? And I've done a lot of research on this, is you know, over the years, is that you know, uh, when you start bringing stress, you know, into your life, it really results in potentially bad decisions being made. Whether that's decisions with your, you know, personal relationships, you know, with family and friends, if that it might be a, you know, uh, from a standpoint of stress, you know, it might be something from a standpoint of the financial, and so it adds additional stress with regard to you know, the decisions that you're making and you continue to make uh, more potentially bad decisions and there's a spiraling effect. So <clears throat> there really is an incentive to understand and know your well-being and basically stepping back and detaching and, and understanding, you know, what are your trigger points that provide the stress level that go up around your emotions? Like, you know, very, and what are those things where your emotions start driving, getting out of control? Um, and that, to me, I think is the, is the real ticket from standpoint of personal well-being is knowing what those are and then what's your strategy to deal with them? Like, when, what, you know, how do you get there? And I think that's the piece that as leaders, uh, we can help with that, right? Because not everybody's attuned to what that strategy is. And as a leader, I think if you observe that, because everyone knows if you truly know your people, I think there's a great opportunity then to understand and know and see and observe what those trigger points are for people so that when they see stress levels go up, hey, what can I do to help bring a strategy to that, you know, to my team, to that individual, to help them manage that that stress? Well, and you make a good point, Guy, when you talk about that, in that a lot of times, I even am guilty of this myself, I don't see it because I'm so close to me, right? I don't see it, but the people around me see it. And especially leaders, it's important if you see it to, to say something, uh, to see what's going on with that. But also as a leader, it is important to better understand yourself and have strategies to deal with that. You know, so we, we talk about stress and, and the, the five pillars and how if you have one of those pieces of your foundation aren't quite right, it can upset the, the whole uh, overall well-being of a person. How do you see that tied to safety or employee engagement? So I, you know, let's 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 talk about safety, right? So if you think about from the standpoint, I'm just going to use the one pillar, physical pillar, and then I'll just use that as an example. You know, uh, if you're not physically fit and you allow the stress of fatigue to start setting in, so if you start thinking about working long hours, you know, 16-hour days straight on, uh, you know 
bad decisions started happening. And you can look and go back and see in multiple case studies, for example, you know, the Exxon Valdez, right? Uh, fatigue as well as alcohol played a significant role in terms of decision that was made that was bad that ended up, uh, you know, running aground and became at that point one of the world's, you know, worst environmental disasters. Okay, so you know, nobody caught it, or if they did, they didn't say anything, and individual allowed themselves to get to the point where, from the standpoint of the physical the stress around physical, because due to fatigue and, and you know, and as well as from the standpoint of you know other factors like alcohol. It caused a safety issue, and and so you know I think it's important from the standpoint of recognizing that uh, you know in terms of uh, of like a pillar whether it's physical or financial or mental, and then asking for help if you get to that point where you know you can't get beyond the control of being able to maintain that stress. And that makes sense. And I think sometimes uh, our pillars get out of whack not just at work but at home, and we carry that with us. To the workplace which can lead to distraction which can lead to uh you know safety uh, issues as well so um I, I think we keep going back to the kind of the same point and that is you know recognize and then and then act whether that's getting help or or meditating or whatever it is that you need um help with is there a bit of time that you can think of maybe where one of your pillars was kind of not aligned correctly and it, and it did impact you you know, Bill, I'll be honest. I mean, I think over the course of my, you know, 35 years in my career, I probably touched each one of these pillars at some point in my life, right? And, you know, if it wasn't for the, you know, by the grace of having some friends, you know, building up on the social pillar itself and having people come back and help me detach or provide me feedback that, hey, things are not, you know, kind of out of whack and your emotions are not necessarily where they need to be. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it can be just simply the simple feedback that somebody gets, hey, like, you don't seem to be yourself. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, from the standpoint of stress. But yes, the, you know, from my perspective, there is, and I'll just give you, you know, one example, you know, again, working down at Palisades early on, you know, it, it, that, that plant was in such a condition that it seemed like every other week, you know, you were in an outage. It's like, so it was almost like you're constantly working a storm. And so, you know, the expectation was that, you know, whether it's eight hours or 16 hours and you're on a shift, you know, you would be working 16 hour days on a continuous basis and you did it, you know, and you just showed up because you knew that that's what was expected. Then, you know, I'm driving home one day and I realize that, you know, next thing I know, I hear, you know, I start feeling the, the bumps along the side of the road and I'm driving home and I probably drove, I don't know, two or three miles and I had no idea, like, like I had really like had driven like, you know, three miles on, on that highway. Right. And like I pulled over and I was like, cause I'd fallen asleep. Right. right. Because of fatigue, I allow fatigue to build in. And like, that was a wake up call for me. It's like, I, you can't live your life like that. You know, right. Something has to change and you have to be able to do something different or manage that, you know, stress because you're going to be making, you know, uh, bad decisions, you know, and the things what I, what I found is that when you, something like that fatigue, where you're working 16 hour days, what else do you think it has an impact on your social life? Because you're not being able, you're not able to see your family, you're not able to see your friends, right? So this continuation where you work it has a spiraling effect and impacts typically one or more of these pillars. So I think it's important that you have a mechanism where you feel like it's you can open and have an open environment where you can say, "Hey, I've had a bad day. I've got this going on at home," and guess what? You've built up that social network, and you and and you know from the standpoint of that pillar, you built that pillar up. The other people are like, hey, you know what? We got your back, no problem. Or you know what? 
you know, as a leader, if you're if you're a supervisor or leader, you recognize that and say, you know what, that individual may not have their head in the game today. So I'm going to put them on something on a low risk job, right? It's like managing the stress. Like, how can I make it less stressful for that person to be able to manage their stress in terms of whatever it is that's driving it, you know, uh, you know, uh, from that perspective? And then, you know, how can we help manage that for an individual? How we can help manage that as part of the team? And so I've always looked at it as like, that's got to be the leader's responsibility to help create that environment. Right. So allow people to be, come forth with that and feel comfortable to say, like, hey, I, this is what's going on, you know, and, and I, you know, I'll, I'll use another example of that, you know, in my career is like I can remember, you know, in my first job as a leader, you know, I had an operator came up to me and, and basically, you know, this is before the days where, you know, uh, you had a lot of programs in terms of help. But it's like, you know, it came up to me and said, I have an alcohol problem and it's it's physically starting to kill me. And it's having it's having an impact on my family. I need help, you know. And back then, it was like you know, if you got caught with that, it's like instant, you know, you're fired. And that right. individual was so scared. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to take care of you. We're going to find a program. We're going to find something, somebody that can help you uh, in terms of where you're at. And we did, you know. And I look at that as being, uh, you know, so rewarding to be able to see when you can help an individual who's struggling in terms of on one of these pillars, but I myself have struggled in each of these. Well, and you know, I think your example of driving home after working all of those hours, a lot of us can relate to that. And that really ties back to self care. If, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we, you know, if, if I'm falling asleep at the wheel, then I'm not going to be good, any good the next day of working that big storm that's here. I have to really, have balance and be able to say I need to get some sleep or I need to get some rest or I'm just not going to be any good or I might not even be here depending on on what happens. I mean, fortunately for you, you woke up and and figured out what was going on, but uh, sometimes that that's not what happens. And right, uh, you know, I think I, it goes back to that uh, old airplane analogy that I hear over and over again when the when they're reading a little card and it says if the mask comes down, put the mask on yourself first. Right. Because you can't help anybody else if you can't breathe. Right. Right. So I, I, I think that's a, a great point that you make in recognizing those, but also making creating a, a space for the people that you work with and the people that work for you. Because as a leader, sometimes we can set that example of, you know, I worked 40 hours today, you know, or I, I didn't go home for two days as kind of a, a badge of honor. And it sets that standard for the people that work for us, uh, and then they feel that they need to do it as well. Yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, you know, I I am so blessed to have so many good people, both the people that, you know, that are on my team and people that are outside of my team that on some occasion or other came out to me and said, hey, is everything okay? You doing all right? Because you look a little bit off balance. Everybody has a bad day. And, and the fact that you've been able to create an environment where people feel comfortable in being able to come up to you and give you that feedback, you know, that's a blessing in itself because that's what you really want. You want to have someone come up and say, hey, how can I help you? Because you seem to be a little off today. Talk to me about that. Yep, absolutely. And, and it shows that they care for you. But I think that the care that you've shown for them over that period of time has brought them to that point. So. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we're, we're getting close to the point where we're going to wrap up the podcast, but I wanted to know if there's anything else you'd like to share with the audience, some words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with before we close well, out. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, so people have asked me, Bill, like, you know, what is my routine, right? You know, in terms of how to how do I, from the standpoint of personal well-being, you know, what what's what's my strategy? And and I'll just say it's different for everybody. But you know, one of the things I took away, uh, this is uh, about two years ago. Uh, there's a book called The Stress Effect by Henry Thompson. He's a former Green Beret, highly decorated, and you know, he kind of talked about how leaders make bad decisions when under stress. And he came up with this, you know, kind of somewhat to the pillars, but, you know, basically came up with a strategy and it's called, you know, your own personal arsenal. And it's being aware of your emotional intelligence. It's making sure that you have good rest, make sure you have a good support system, make sure that you get proper exercise, make sure that you're eating well from the standpoint of nutrition, make sure that you have a positive attitude on life, look for the joy, you know, in things daily. And then what, what are you doing to better yourself from the standpoint of learning? It's called arsenal. And what he talks from the research, he's a PhD, is that that when you take do that and have whatever routine that you do around each of those areas, you will see that you'll be able to become more resilient to stress when it comes into your life because you'll have built up that resistance. And he calls that both cognitive and emotional resilience, right? And so, you know, it's hard to be able to be rigorous and disciplined and being able to do all those things. But if you know what those are and you are in tuned with your emotions and what triggers that and what are the stress points for that, then you can build a strategy, whatever that is, so that you become more resilient when those trigger points hit. So I, I would just say, you know, that's a resource that I have found to be very valuable and I would just want to pass that on. Well, and I appreciate you sharing that. And it is interesting that when you read these different uh, viewpoints on it, it really ties back to things that all look a lot like the five pillars that we talk about. Absolutely. That's why I'm so excited about, you know, the fact that we're exploring each of these platforms uh, and providing, you know, where where are the resources and what are some of the strategies? Because these are the ones that, that these five are, are really get after it. Yep, absolutely. Well, Guy, I really appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're busy. Um, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I know the audience uh, it will enjoy this. And uh, thank you for, you know, all your, your words of wisdom here. And uh, we'd like to see you back on at some point. Well, Bill, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything that you're doing because I think it's very valuable. You know, I, I was really pleased to see that you've gotten over 5,000 hits and you're in multiple countries now from in terms of people listening to your podcast. Uh, you're providing a real benefit. Uh, to not just all our employees, but to every, you know others that are out there based on the topics that that you're uh, bringing forth. So uh, you know it's my honor to be here, and uh, you know I uh, if you know you you uh, determine whether whether or not you want me back on again. Absolutely, thanks. <laughs> thank you, and thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And a special note. If you are a coworker here at Consumers Energy or CMS Energy, be sure to check out Headspace as you'll have some free access to that for the next year. Be sure and tune in on every Wellbeing Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.